Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rise and shine. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Championship Sunday. Here we are. Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FNTSY. Why no A's? It's up to you. you got to bring your A-game. We do the rest. Good morning. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. And we have a special crew on Fantasy Sports today. This morning, I will be hosting and my co-hosts as we roll out a Pro Bowl team of analysts, uh, some of the very best in the business, including my good friend, the, the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. Taz, welcome to Championship Sunday. It's my favorite Sunday of the year. People will say the divisional playoffs because you got four games, but these are truly usually the best four teams in pro football, and it, to me, I, I enjoy these games so much more because there's a sense of so much more being at stake and so much more of a, uh, a sense of accomplishment. And very, there's been times in the past where the real Super Bowl has been one of the two championship games. This is my f- favorite Sunday of the fantasy uh, football season of the NFL season. And glad to be spending it with you, with you, Jim. Hey, Scotty, thank you. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I do like the divisional round only because we do have the two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Just a plethora of games is nice. I enjoy that. But I agree with you. The the games last week were a bit of a disappointment. Hopefully today's two games are going to be very exciting. Uh, and, you know, it, it's going to be interesting that both both lines on both games started at the same place, you know, uh, you know, minus three for both teams, you know, home teams, and then uh, 57 over and under, and they've shifted a little bit, but they've pretty much come almost full circle to the point where now they're back once again to being exactly equal, minus three for the home teams, but now it's 56 and a half over and under for both games. Should be interesting to see how it plays out. And to help us analyze that, a guy I just don't get to work often enough with these days. One of my all-time favorites, one of the longest tenured Roto experts, uh, staffers, and FNTSY people in the business. Uh, he's a friend of yours. He's a friend of mine. Everybody loves to talk to him. George Kurtz. George, welcome to Championship Sunday with us. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I think Sunday, uh, I think Scott put it accurately, is my favorite Sunday of the NFL season. I might give uh, divisional playoffs my favorite weekend of the NFL season here. I just want to be entertained, guys. When the games start, I just want to be entertained. I've been pretty disappointed so far. Wild card weekend with a lot of blowouts last week. And I know the Philadelphia-New Orleans game was competitive. But even that, Philadelphia scored two touchdowns in the first quarter, and they shut the offense down. Just want to be entertained today, guys. And we're deep into fantasy football playoff leagues. We have still have uh, – this is probably the last weekend, really, of uh, DFS where you can truly be entertained because then you just got the Super Bowl and, well, you got the Pro Bowl and uh, nobody really cares about that. So it, the Pro Bowl is not what it used to be to me, uh, Jim. It's when, when everybody can – when everybody sits out, you know, the guys from the Super Bowl sit out and then you have so many other players – uh, being injured, it's a, everybody can pretty much put in their player profile in the media guide that they were a Pro Bowl guy uh, for, for, for this year because they at least made it as an alternate. To me, the Pro Bowl is much more like the game was never good, but uh, b- before we had like the Super Bowl players not involved at all and it was after the season in Hawaii, now you have everybody making it seems like being a Pro Bowl player uh, player is is not as mean the designation is not as meaningful as it used to be 
to me, it really seems like it comes down to one thing. As soon as they moved the Pro Bowl out of Hawaii, all the players said, you know what, eh, I don't want to go to wherever else they're going to host it. I, I, You know, you send me on a free trip to Hawaii with my family, then I'll come to your Pro Bowl. Uh, outside of that, it, it's been all downhill since. Now, uh, here we are at Championship Sunday. The New England Patriots are playing in an eighth consecutive championship game, George. But they have not won a road conference championship game since 2004. They won their first two in 2001 and 2004. And they lost their next three when they lost after the 2013 and 2015 seasons to uh, the Denver Broncos, both led by Peyton Manning. So Manning got his on a, you know, a little bit on Brady. But what a run of success this is for the New England Patriots. Uh, everybody was talking about these aren't the same Patriots. But how good are the Patriots still when disappointing for them is a number two seed? Exactly. Right. This is a disappointing season is a number two seed. I mean, it's nice to play in the AFC East where you got three, you know, really hapless organizations, Jets, Dolphins, Bills who have been bad for years, decades. But still, Tom Brady, 18 seasons as a starter, he's playing the championship game, 13 of them, 13 out of 18 seasons. We'll never see this again. We'll never see this again from somebody. It's 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 what incredible. What was he doing what the, the other five? Slacking? That's right, right. Should have taken uh, training a little bit more seriously those other five years. Should have been a vegan or whatever he does much earlier. <laughs> the one thing, well, the one thing with the Patriots though is is that they, they you know they've had such a good playoff record. They've won six of their last seven games, but they haven't had a lot of road games. You know, over that whole time, you know, playing for the playing on the road seems like it's very unusual. For, for the New England Patriots. Uh, as I, and they haven't won a road game since in the playoffs since 2006. That's, that's because this is just their third playoff, road playoff game since 2006. I don't think a lot of, a lot of people necessarily have looked at that, Jim. No, and that's true. I mean, almost every year it seems like the conference championship has to go through New England for you know to get to the Super Bowl, and you know finally we're seeing a game where it isn't in, uh, against a, a, a very good offensive KC team, and should be an interesting game. And we finally get to see you know can Tom Brady shake that road uh, habit and take a win here? So it's going to be a good game. I'm looking for a, a big big game this one. Yeah, and uh, you know, weather was a concern. Uh, they were talking about Arctic sort of blast, but the most recent report that I saw, it's going to be 28 degrees, uh, wind wind of about 10 miles an hour. The wind chill is going to be about 9 miles an hour, so it's going to feel like 19. Tom Brady is 20, 22 and 4. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, 24 and 4 in uh, games 30 degrees or below. Patrick Mahomes never played in a game below 30 degrees in Texas Tech. He played uh, in one game below 30 degrees this year. That was the overtime win uh, against the uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, which he still threw for well over 300 yards. How much does weather take in effect? We, you know, we often talk about weather and people freak out just because it's cold, but the wind is only going to be 10 miles an hour. 15 is really the number that you get concerned about. Uh, you know, how much How much do the Patriots have an advantage because of the conditions, uh, George? I don't know if I'm going to give them an advantage. I don't think it's a disadvantage, but I don't think the weather's going to play a part. You mentioned the wind's not a factor. You know, the uh, I got 21 degrees here according to NFLweather.com. Uh, that's cold, sure. But, you know, once they're running around for a bit without the wind, their bodies will adjust. They won't have an issue. Uh, so I don't think weather plays a part here. I don't. Uh, Whether nerves do, that's a little different. You know, Mahomes, I know he said he played in, you know, cold weather in Texas Tech. I don't know how cold it gets in Texas Tech, but I imagine it gets much colder in KC. Brady's used to it. Not going to bother him. He did mention earlier in the week he'd wear a... Uh, a scuba suit if necessary. I don't know if that's necessary. Uh, that was when we thought it might be single digits and maybe even below zero with the wind chill. Just what I was hoping for. As a fan, I like seeing crap like that, as long as I'm not in it. But uh, I don't think weather plays much of a factor today. Yeah, uh, the temperature on NFLweather.com calls right now for 21 degrees. Uh, it's going to feel like 11 degrees uh, with the winds down 9 miles an hour. Uh, feels like 11 degrees. Do you have any concern for Mahomes, uh, Jim? I don't really know. Uh, look, 
it is what it is. This is a big game. You know, he's stepping on the national stage in, in big-time playoffs. You know, the nerves might get to him a little bit early just because it's something brand new. But I don't think the weather's really going to have a big effect on this game. I, I agree with George in that way. I, I think, you know, this is going to come down to who wants it more and who's going to step up to the plate and play the bigger game. And, you know, Mahomes has done it time and time again this season. Brady's done it time and time again his career. Right, it's uh, this season versus history, and then over in the NF- over in the NFC, uh, you have what a lot of people regard as the two most potent offenses. But the Saints, uh, and especially look at Drew Brees down the stretch, his last four regular season games, he didn't throw more than one touchdown pass. Didn't only threw two in the divisional round. Uh, do you, do you think that the narrative of the Saints being a high-flying offense is overrated? I certainly do. I think I think uh, the Saints may be a more, more balanced team than the Rams. Well, I have to agree with you there. You know, one of the things we're seeing now over the last you know month of the season and in the playoffs is that both of these teams are trying to establish the run. You know, they – the defense for the Saints has been much better second half of the season. The running game has been stepping up, so they don't have to throw Breeze as much as they do. Um, with Goff, it was more like defenses were taking away the deep passes, so they started to try and get the ground game really further established beyond Gurley. Um, and with C.J. Anderson came, coming in, he did exactly that. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this game because, you know, what we saw last week with the Rams-Dallas game is that the Rams just ran right through the teeth of the Dallas defense, which was their core all year. I mean, that front seven was dynamite all year, one of the better run-stopping teams in the league, and the Rams just ran right through them like they were nothing. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, New Orleans can you know, stop that from happening, especially one week after losing their best defensive tackle in Sheldon Rankings. Now, to that point, Sheldon Rankins uh, is their best defensive tackle, but he's not the only guy that really polices the run. They do have other pieces on that defensive line. Cameron Jordan's good against the run. Demario Davis is a good run stopper. Uh, so how much are you concerned about the loss of Sheldon Rankins, and how much do you expect the, to- the timeshare to be split between Gurley and C.J. Anderson this week, George? Well, that's the big question, right? Uh, why? Because last week... You know, I could have understood if, uh, you know, Gurley came out, you know, Rams were running the ball right down Dallas's throat, uh, and they were running the ball so much they ended up playing Anderson. But Anderson was playing more early than Gurley was. Now, Jim brought it up yesterday on the show that uh, yeah, the Rams had let it be known that they thought his conditioning was out. Well, Gurley's conditioning was off, and that's why. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, I still think there's something wrong well, injured-wise. They're being somewhat careful with them. But if it was conditioning, well, we'll find out today because it should be all Gurley then. He's still the, the god running back. Not that you're going to forget about Anderson, but it would be all Gurley. You're not going to take a chance. You're not going to, oh, well, we'll play them both. You're going to play the best player, have a chance to go to the Super Bowl here, which is what the Rams are built to do. You know, got stole into that rookie contract. They signed all these free agents because they could with the big-time quarterback still making uh, not much money. That changes once he has to get paid. So this team has to – their window is sort of uh, shrinking because eventually those guys have to go away. So they're built to go to a Super Bowl, built to go now. I don't think they're going to take chances and want, oh, let's get 50-50, C.J. and Gurley. If Gurley's healthy, I expect them to get most of the load, 80-20. How much does uh, Sheldon Rankin not – not being there make much of a difference. Is is this team all of a sudden going to become, uh, you know, like the Chiefs against the run? Or uh, remember, like I said, you know, you have other guys, especially like Demario Davis, et cetera, who could also play the run well. George. Well, I don't think anyone's saying that the Saints are a one-man rushing defense. And now without, you know, Rankins, they're done. But it's a, it's a, it's a loss. It hurts. You know, he may be, may be your best run stopper. And you're going up against a team that all of a sudden, I mean, Jim said it. Cowboys were a good team against the run all season long. And they got destroyed last week. I mean, destroyed. It was, it was weird. Uh, I'm a Cowboy fan. I didn't expect the Cowboys to win, but I didn't expect them to lose like that. So, uh, I mean, that was uh, impressive, to put it nicely. I expect the Rams to come in there, and even if Rankins was healthy, they would do the same thing, try, or try and do the same thing. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's run, run, run. They seem to want to take the ball somewhat out of Goff's hands. I'm not saying they don't trust him, but, you know, let's run the ball. We're running so well here. Play the offensive line. I think they try and do the same thing again, so I do think it's a loss, yes. 
Jim, when uh, when a team wins this game, I do think it's more meaningful than the average public uh, you know, person or fan gives it gives him credit for. If a team loses the Super Bowl, uh, you know nobody really remembers who won the won the conference championship. You know that's why the Buffalo Bills are not regarded as highly in NFL history, maybe as they should be. But you know I say this about both football and baseball, maybe really any other sport. It's a huge accomplishment just to win your conference. You know, winning the Super Bowl, of course, is the ultimate goal. But for for any team to to you know. Go home with you know with with uh, one of these trophies today. That's a very significant accomplishment, and probably uh, one that twenty nine other teams would love to be in a position to have. And most teams would agree with you wholeheartedly, except for the Patriots. They don't consider that a big thing. They've done it too often. It's almost become commonplace for them to win the conference championship game, get to the Super Bowl. So for them not to to win the Super Bowl is always their main thing. Uh, Everybody else, I agree with you. But again, the Patriots have done it too often, too many times for it to be that big for them. Yeah, we are, George. We sometimes hear Jet fans bragging about making the conference championship uh, two years in a row, but I think that's more because uh, you know they're doing nothing for the last fifty years, right? Depends on the success of your franchise. I mean, uh, the Yankees going to the playoffs means nothing, as Jim said. Patriots playoffs, nothing. Got to win it all. Yeah. Well, we'll see who takes home the, the hardware today. We'll start previewing the games in depth next on Fantasy Sports Today. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. I am uh, Scott Engel, Managing Director of RotoExperts.com, along with Jim Day and my friend George Kurtz. And a little of uh, the new Ace Fraley for me. We're going to have to play some Elton John for uh, for uh, for Jim Day, who just informed me there's a new Elton John uh, biographical movie coming out. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely one of my favorites. All right. So I'm going to play something Elton John that rocks. Maybe or it's bouncy, like I'm still still standing. But uh, you know, that was a cut off the new Ace Fraley solo album. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all-new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all-new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced groupings, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulators, Outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tips, subscriber chats, and a whole heck of a lot more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19. That's promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19. For a 10% discount. Let's start with the game that's kicking off first shortly after 3 p.m. Eastern today. It is the NFC Conference Championship game with the Los Angeles Rams uh, posting the New Orleans Saints, who are looking to return to the Super Bowl for the first time since after the 2009 uh, season. You can check out my full previews on rotoexperts.com right now. The Rams uh, 
winning their first playoff game since 2004 last week. This is the second time that these teams are meeting in this game. The uh, Saints beat the Rams in the 2000 NFC wildcard game. Uh, that was the only postseason meeting between the two teams. The Rams have lost 2-3 to three against the Saints with Jared Goff at quarterback. Uh, in those three games, Goff has averaged 319 passing yards per game with eight TD passes and three interceptions for a 104.2 rating. Uh, but with Goff, uh, he, has, he, hasn't, he, hasn't, uh, he hasn't performed too well in the playoffs. He has just one touchdown pass in, uh, in two postseason games. And the home road splits uh, with Garf, Goff are really stark. Uh, when you take a look at it, Goff had nine of his 12 interceptions on the road. 22 of his 32 touchdown passes were from home games. His completion percentage on the road was 60.9 compared to 68.3. When you look at his road splits now in the first meeting with these teams this year, 391 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception as the Saints won the matchup 45-35. to But when you look how Goff has performed in the playoffs so far and you look at his home road splits, I think you have to have some concerns about his performance today, Jim. Well, I think a lot of people are, especially the way, you know, he finished out the season uh, not as strong as he started. There's no doubt. Um, you know, this team last week came in and, you know, showed a little different wrinkle in wanting to run the ball a ton. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, Dallas allowing two 100-yard runners in the same game is just not unheard of this year, yet they did it with ease. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can get that same kind of early production out of the running game today. Then I don't think we see it, you know, Goff having to throw a ton. The weird part for me is, you know, all the signs based on how these two teams have been playing down the stretch point to a lower scoring game, you know, with, with you know, a lot of running uh, with just, you know, minimal amount of passing. Yet Vegas still has this as a big high-flying game with the over-under at 56-and-a-half. So, you know, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. To me, it looks like it's going to be a low-scoring game. I like the under, but the more I keep thinking about the way Vegas keeps pushing this and the fact that the, the line hasn't really moved a ton, you know, a lot of people must believe that this is going to be a shootout. Yeah, the line. Is, but uh, as we said, though, uh, George, you know, this, this Saints team is not a high-flying style of offense really necessarily anymore. Uh, with Drew Brees, uh, he's thrown two or more touchdown passes in five consecutive home playoff games. First meeting this year, 346 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, but he didn't throw more than one touchdown pass in his final four regular season games and had just two versus Philadelphia. He has thrown for over 300 yards in two consecutive games, so maybe uh, it's, it's really dependent on game flows. Game flow here, but in seven of Bree's last eight starts, including the playoffs, the Saints have held their opponents to less than 20 points. Now, it's probably not going to happen against the Rams and you know, their high-flying offense, but the one game you know, among those that was the outlier with uh, they gave up 28 points to Pittsburgh, Breeze still only still only threw one TD pass. So it's it's not like they're depending to him but not fling the ball all over the field anymore. What do you expect from Breeze today? George. Well I, I think as far as what we're expecting from Breeze would be what we expect from the Rams defense. I mean if I'm the Rams defense, I have to leave follow Michael Thomas all over the field. I mean that that's it. Wherever Thomas goes that's where Tlaib goes. Uh, not that he'll be able to stop him, but I think he can certainly slow him down. I want to force Breeze to beat me with anybody else in the passing game. Anybody else. You know, but not Thomas. You know, if he can do it with Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn, fine. Uh, finding Kamara out of the backfield, fine. I'll, I'll live with that. But I'm not letting Michael Thomas destroy uh, this game like he did the first game. And the first game, there was no Tlaib. He was out. You know, and that's where he, uh, he made really Marcus Peters look silly on a couple of plays. So, uh... That's, that's what I expected. I, would, I think the Saints are going to try and run the ball. I, think they're gonna, I don't think they'll be all that successful doing it, but I think they'll try and run the ball. But I think their main uh, offense is going to cover Kamara out of the backfield, getting him the ball in the flat on little short screens, short passes over the middle, that sort of thing. I think that might be a big part of their offense today. I don't think Brady's going to have a big game. At least not a big touchdown game. That's always sort of finicky. I mean, he could throw for 180 yards and get three touchdowns or throw for 320 and get one. You never really know what these things. Their offense is really still built around Kamara and Ingram, and I think that's the way it's going to uh, sit here. The Rams, for the most part, for all this entire season, 
have been horrendous against the run, except for last week. Yeah, and you think about it, uh, of course the Saints obviously is much better than the Cowboys, but it's pretty be with Dallas, stop Zeke, you stop the offense. I wonder if it's the same thing here. Since they only have Michael Thomas, if they can control him with Tlaib and control Kamara and Ingram in the run game, they're going to feel pretty confident about themselves. I think they're going to have a similar game plan and sort of treat Thomas the way they treated Cooper. Make sure you get someone on him. Don't let him run wild, but concentrate on uh, st- stopping that rushing offense. Force Breeze to do things or throw to people he doesn't want to throw to. Now, that's been the big storyline of the week, Michael Thomas. In the first meeting, 12 passes, uh, uh, he caught 12 passes for 211 yards and a touchdown the first meeting, coming off a great game in the divisionals. There's a lot of conjecture that Tlaib might shadow uh, Michael Thomas because it makes the most sense. But, uh, you know, that's not usually what the the MO for the the Rams defensively. They want to have Tlaib back because he's the leader of their secondary in terms of communication, etc. Uh, but, you know, is is covering Thomas just, uh, you know, a survival tactic, is one fantasy analyst put it this week. And, you know, they the, the, the Saints are going to move him around so they can get him in the slot and maybe he'll face Nicole Roby Coleman. Uh, you know, what kind of coverage do you, do you actually see Tlaib shadowing that, shadowing Thomas? Because that's just not really what the Rams usually do. And what are you expecting from Thomas overall? Because he's really an intermediate receiver. I don't think they could feel they can shut him down fully. But if they can keep him from any big plays, they may have won the battle. Uh, what are you expecting today, Jim, in terms of strategy and production? Well, I agree with what both of you said to a point. I mean, I think they're going to have to leave on him as much as they can. I don't know if he's there the entire time. Like you said, uh, the Saints are going to want to move him around, try and create mismatches that way. Uh, e- even when they do that, though, I still think that the Rams are going to try and counter that with, if not to leave directly on him, then somebody over top and underneath him as well, like you said, to limit those big plays. They need to do that. They can't let him run all over them again because if he's having that kind of game, then the running game is going to also be successful because they're just going to, the defense is just going to be on their heels trying to stop Michael Thomas. So I think a big thing happens there. But to me, you know, one of the biggest things is going to be whether or not the Saints offensive line can keep Aaron Donald out of that backfield. You know, we, we know he's the, the sack leader of the NFL this year. We, yeah, He was also the league leader in quarterback hits. He's the only player this season to hit Drew Brees two times in a game. Um, you know, Saints have only allowed 51 quarterback hits on the season, by far the best in the league. Uh, but Donald got to him twice in their first game. I think if he can continue to get to Brees in this game, that could definitely be a problem for them. Yeah. And uh, the, the one thing is, though, when these teams first, two teams first hooked up, though, uh, Brees was not sacked at all, Jim. No, no, he wasn't. And he, you know he's hard to sack. He, he always has been. He gets the ball out of his hand very quickly, especially when he senses trouble. But if you could force the issue by getting in his face early on, then you can get him out of his comfort zone, make him move out of that pocket. And that's when he can he has more of a tendency to make mistakes. Well, uh, how much pressure do you see, uh, see the – the Rams getting. I know they're they're you know star-studded defensive line, George, but Breeze could get rid of the ball so quickly, and he wasn't sacked in the first meeting. Uh, I don't know if you you're worried about sacks. He'll get rid of the ball, but pressure him. If you can pressure him, make him uncomfortable. And this is also where Tlaib comes in because if Tlaib, if what they're, whatever they're doing with Thomas, and maybe Jim's right, when Tlaib's not on him, you double cover him, safety over the top, you bracket him, whatever you want to do. But if you can make him all of a sudden have a look at that second read all the time, well, that gives it an extra second there. You know, Donald is going to get his. Once again, Donald is like Michael Thomas. You can't stop him. You want to control him. You know, so Nadal against Sue showed up last week. He looked good against Dallas. Maybe he shows up again uh, tomorrow, or later. And that would certainly help here. So I don't know if you're going to be able to – if sack numbers are going to show that you played well against Breeze, but if you can pressure him, if you can force him to throw earlier than he wants to. And if, like I said, if, you're, if, if he can't look at his first guy, this Saints offense is strange because after Thomas, I mean, who are you worried about? 
Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn, Kirkwood uh, is out. Ben Watson is more than likely out. I mean, not that these guys were great anyway, but they don't really have much in the way of secondary receivers. It's, one, it's part of the reason I believe Kamara is going to be a big part of this passing game. Once again, quick passes out of the flat, get him in his open space, especially if they can't run the ball, and use that as a short passing game. Use him as their, their number two wide receiver today. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, they only have Kirkwood, et cetera. But Ted Ginn Jr., you know, they just missed him on some big play possibilities. So, you know, if Thomas is not available for the big plays, you know, maybe that frees up Ted Ginn Jr. And Alvin Kamara uh, totaled 116 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns in the first meeting. You know, when you look at Kamara and Thomas, the, uh, you know, the Rams have to worry about both of them. So if they're heavily concerned with Thomas, you know, Kamara is there. They also have Ingram only had 36 total yards here, but in the first meeting, but uh, he's always a threat to score. Uh, I don't think the Rams have an answer for both of them necessarily. Uh, we, what do you expect from Gid and Kamara today, Jim? Well, look, as we're all talking about, you know, them trying to take Michael Thomas out, if they do are successful in that, then Ginn has to step up. Uh, You know, we've seen him have big games since he's got back from the IR return list. He's actually been heavily involved in their passing game. Uh, Again, you know, Kirkwood is out, as we said, with the calf injury, but it's not like he was a big threat. Ben Watson uh, out with appendicitis or supposed to be out. He's listed as questionable, but nobody expects him to play. No. Neither one is a big loss, uh, but so it is going to come fall down on Ginn and Traquan Swift to make some plays if this offense wants to continue to move. But for me, I, you know, I know Kamara is going to be heavily involved. I just get a sinking suspicion that you know we're going to see a little bit more Mark Ingram than we've been seeing as of late as well. And I think they're going to try and get him involved in the running game, try to keep pushing it that way while they're using Kamara a lot in the passing game. Yeah, you never know. You know, maybe Sean Payton wants to keep the defense off balance. We're expecting a lot of Kamara. Uh, you know, maybe you might see more Ingram there. And you know, this, this team will have to lead uh, lead a lot of its its running backs here. Uh, but Kamara is always the kind of guy who can make the most of every touch. We spoke about we spoke about Jared Goff, uh, George. Uh, you know, when Jared Goff is going good. He'll they'll set him up for play action. He can take deep drops, etc. So it's really about the running game here. Uh, you know, a two-headed running game. But the uh, look, the Saints have been very good against the run with Sheldon Rankin. They have not allowed a hundred yard rusher since Week Eleven of 2000, 2000, uh, 2017. So you know, it looks like strength, strength, but. For strengths when, when you're just going on paper here. But C.J. Anderson might continue to be used because Sheldon Rankin's not there. He's a north-south runner. They could use him up the gut. But if the Saints can stuff, stuff the run, they could always get Todd Gurley out in space, George. Yeah, both teams have multiple things they can try and do. And I listen, I don't think either team's going to go to their normal game plan. They'll try in some wrinkles here, especially Peyton. He's going... I think he realizes there's a chance that Tlaib follows Thomas around, so he's going to have some wrinkles in there. That's, that's why I expect Kamara to be a big part. I think what Jim said could actually be right on the money. Kamara's more of a bigger part of the passing game. Ingram, the bigger back, they're going to try him running the ball, try and keep his team off balance, do something they didn't expect. I don't think that's a, a bad way of going about it at all. So uh, I, I look forward to what these two, uh, you know, Peyton and McVeigh. You know, these guys are creative, and I think they'll look for that. You know, with Ted Ginn, they're going to, even if they're, if it's not open, he's going to take his deep shots with Ginn anyway, because at the very least, that gets the safety off the line of scrimmage. You have to respect it. There's a chance Ginn might run by everybody. It doesn't have to connect to be effective. It just has to be there, so that defense has to account for it. And maybe that safety, instead of playing, you know, 12 yards off the line of scrimmage, is now 18 yards off the line of scrimmage. That six yards makes a difference in the run game. So uh, I'm curious to see how these two teams will attack this, because I think there'll be wrinkles that we didn't see coming. Now, uh, with, the, with the Rams receivers, the first time these teams meeting uh, this this year, revenge game for Brandon Cook, six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. Robert Woods, five catches for 71 yards. The Saints defense has been much better since they acquired Eli Apple. Uh but, you know, Woods could end up be played in the slot a lot against P.J. Williams, who was the 109th rank, rank, ranked uh cover quarter by pro football focus this year uh you know cooks what knows this track he was able to burn marshall Lattimore uh in the first meeting 
uh, for some big plays. What are you expecting for Woods, Cooks, and uh, Josh Reynolds today who's touched out or bust, Jim? Well, you, you said it. I, I mean, Cooks had had some big plays last week. Uh, I think he, they'll try to continue that, get him down the field. Woods, uh, I, I do love this matchup in the slot when he lines up there against B.J. Williams. I, you know, he could definitely take advantage of that. There's no way Williams can keep up with the route running that Woods will give you. Uh, you know, Josh Reynolds is one of those guys, he is touchdown dependent. He needs to get in that end zone, but this is a game where they may need him to get in that end zone. So, you know, he's not a bad play, especially in DFS if, if if you're trying to get somebody, you know, a little more value uh, with a lot less cost. So he he's definitely comes into play in that respect. But I'm not sure I, I think he's going to have a big game. All right. I don't care about your reputation. I just care about these games. And we'll make our predictions for the AFC champion, NFC championship game and start breaking down the AFC title game next on Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. There you go. Just for just for you, uh, Jim Day. Yeah, th- th- this was this was an okay period in Elton's life, but I, I love the the earlier stuff much better. But, well, well, this, this song is, we we have to play this song though because it's pretty much about Tom Brady. I'm oh, still standing, <laughs> right? That works. Al, you can say the same for Drew Brees. True. What, Drew- what do we got? Uh, what, what, what do we want for you next? The Who? Who? Listen, I'm classic rock. Who? Queen? Uh, Genesis? You know, Zeppelin? Floyd? Floyd. Yeah. Stones? <laughs> I mean, can... Look, we only I'm got three more breaks coming up. We can't play six <laughs> songs, okay? <laughs> uh, well, listen, Genesis is my favorite band. You know, it's, uh, All right, let's get something by Genesis next, for, uh, Genesis next for Genesis uh, next for for our friend uh, George Kurtz there, uh, producer Sean Engel. So we'll have Genesis probably probably next. At the game, just a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the only MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience at home betting at home when you're on the go. Okay, <laughs> let me let me be clear on that. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head over to MyBookie.ag and open the account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. That's Yes, that's right, $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Go over to MyBookie.ag uh, this morning. Check out all the latest totals, the lines, and uh, not just for NFL, but a uh, very wide sports book for everything else. All right. So let's get to our predictions uh, for the NFC Conference Championship game before we move on to the AFC title game. And uh, I believe that uh, that the Saints, number one, they're at home. They have a more steady quarterback, uh, more experienced coach. I believe they're just a better overall balanced team. I'm going to say uh, Saints 31, Rams 27. Uh, George Kurtz, your prediction. All right, I'm going against the grain here. I'm going Rams. I think Rams uh, win the game. I think things are just shaping up. I think uh, Saints haven't hit really been playing all that well on offense over the past month. You got They've got some injuries here. Uh, I think the Rams... I picked the Rams to make the Super Bowl in the beginning of the season, so that's part of the reason here. Uh, I like all the moves they've made. Not They haven't all worked out, especially on defense here. But I think this team is uh, is geared to do it. I think it's uh, for all these stars they have. You know, Dominic and Susan show up all season. Maybe Marcus Peters finally has a game today. It's one game. You know, play well. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams here, but I, I'm going to go a little low scoring. I'm going to go 27-23. 
Ah, taking the under there. Jim Day, your prediction for the NFC Championship game. Uh, I'm with you on this one, Scotty. I think the, the Saints have enough at home in the Superdome to take down the Rams. Uh, I think they win the game. The minus three is the problem for me because, um, you know, I was real close to George's number there in, in game score. I like the Saints to win 27-24, which makes it a push. So I, I wouldn't really take that. I, I like. I don't mind the Saints money line at minus 154. I, I do think they have enough to, to push it. The, the thing with the Saints is, you know, if they're not, the, the good thing with them is that if they're not running the ball well, um, and if they get behind, then who better to put the ball in the hands of then Breeze. We know he can throw the ball down the field. We know he can make the plays when needed. And it's not going to matter who's on the field, whether it be Josh Hill, uh, you know, Dan Arnold or, you know, Traquan Smith or Ted Ginn. He'll find whoever's open, uh, even the fullback. It, does, it won't matter to him. If he has to throw, then the Rams are in trouble. All right. Do we have our producer available, Short Engel? Short Engel, are you available? Looking for a Genesis we have? Yeah, right. Probably I guess is. he is. Hello? All right. Yeah, Sean. What's up? Good morning. Morning. Our producer, Sean Engel. Sean, uh, we want to include you in our predictions today. Uh, you don't have to give a final score. Sean does follow enough football and make a prediction, though. Who's going to win between the Saints and the Rams? I am going to predict the Saints on this one. Okay. All right, Sean, we'll call you back for more prediction on the on the AFC game. So with three and one on the Saints, that's the official fantasy sports today prediction. Before we move on to the AFC uh the AFC game, uh tell me your favorite conference championship game of all time and why. Uh we'll start with, with, with Jim. And you you could be a homer in this if you like. Um God I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's uh, that's a tough one. I, I think it's got oh, man favorite conference championship game. Go to George because I, I got a few that I like. I'm trying to na- narrow it down. Right, George, I'll, I'll go. You, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, mine's easy. Uh, I mean, for me, it's the '92 championship game in San Francisco when Dallas finally started that run there. Uh, mainly because the Super Bowls in the '70s. Yeah, I saw the second uh, Dallas Pittsburgh uh, Super Bowl, but I have no idea who Dallas beat in the championship game. None. I'd have to really look it up. I was, what, eight, nine years old here. And uh, so I'm going to go that that one, the 92 championship game. Uh, I mean, I, I remember the 93 one and 95 as well, but the first one when, on that run is always special when Dallas finally beat uh, San Fran, who some, you know, I think most expected were the better team then, which was Dallas was still up and coming. So uh, that game in uh, the sloppy field and candlestick would be my favorite championship game. All right, I'm going to say the uh, people would think I'd say the 2013 because of the tip with Richard Sherman, although it's way up there. I'm going to say the 2005 uh, NFC Championship game because it was the first one that the Seahawks won, and they absolutely destroyed Carolina. Uh, and I probably never heard Century League Field. Uh, I wasn't at the game, but Century League Field was rocking more than ever. It was the Seahawks' first trip to the Super Bowl? It was. It, it was a, a lot of pent up emotion. Uh, uh, the team started in 76 and finally uh, reached the Super Bowl in 2005. And it was just so emotional. And the Seahawks played just such a dominant game that uh, I'd say probably the 2005 NFC title game was my favorite. Uh, the tip is not far behind. And from a non-Seahawks perspective, I would say, uh, you know, one of the first games I ever watched, uh, sorry, George, was uh, the 49ers against the uh, against the Cowboys. I believe it was 1982. Uh, with the Dwight Clark catch, uh, you know that to me that was one of my favorites as well. Uh, that would Jim? not be one of my favorites. No, Jim. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I have a few to pick from, and definitely they're all homer picks. But you know what? I- I'm going to go with the 2000 game. Uh, NFC game against the Vikings. Um, you know, Kerry Collins at quarterback just didn't expect it. Comes out, plays a great game. Uh, I think it was like something like 28 for 38 or 39, 381 yards, five touchdowns, and they just rolled right through Minnesota in that game, 41 nothing. Their defense was just unstoppable. Uh, um, you know, the Vikings the week before that had scored 34 points uh, against the Saints, and, you know, they were stacked. They had Randy Moss, they had Chris Carter, they had Robert Smith, but they just they the Giants' defense just crushed him the entire game, held him to under 150 yards of total offense, and sacked uh, Culpepper four times and intercepted him three times in that game. That to me, that's got to be my tops. 
Now, the, the Giants' run, first uh, Super Bowl run with Eli Manning was in 2007. They uh, they beat the Packers in Lambeau to win that conference title, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that that was one of my, in, my in favorite. In very, very cold conditions. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of my favorite uh, conference championship games, too. And just one of my favorite uh, runs to the Super Bowl, I remember, because I just remember Eli Manning being in such a zone. I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer, personally, but that, that postseason, he was certainly on his game, and the, he and the Giants were a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the AFC Championship game uh, is the second game today. Uh, New England's win in the divisional round was the seventh in their last eight postseason games, but this this is that first road conference championship games in January of uh, to January of 2016 where they lost to Denver. Uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have lost in their last three road AFC title games. With their last win coming in 2004 against the Steelers, they haven't uh, won on the road since 2006. But they played so much at home. This is just their third road playoff game since 2006. Brady and Belichick are now 28-10 in the postseason together. Brady has not thrown an interception in his past four postseason games and has won in his last six. Uh, George, people can probably look back, uh, you know, those who hate hate the Patriots. Uh, there are a lot of Dolphin fans who hate the Patriots. And maybe because of that Kenyon-Drake run, uh, that spectacular uh, finish to the game this year where the Patriots are not playing in Foxborough. So ultimately, if you could trace it back, maybe the Dolphins uh, would have ruined uh, the Patriots' Super Bowl chances if uh, they lose today on the road. How much do you think playing on the road today uh, affects New England's chances? Oh, I definitely think it does. I think this in Foxborough, I'd probably feel much more comfortable about, uh, about the, the Patriots. Uh, you mentioned it. Brady's numbers on the road, the playoffs, are uh, not good. Team, that's, uh, they're more 50-50. Uh, a chance to win here. They haven't played well on the road all season long. Uh, not that I really think uh, truly matters, but Kansas City generally is not considered a very friendly place to play. It's one of the harder road venues in the league. I don't expect this to really bother New England. They're a veteran team. Shouldn't bother Belichick, Brady, and the rest of these guys and their coach beyond that anyway. But if this game is in Foxborough, I think I'd almost be chalking up. I would assume they're going to win. That's the way it is. I think the fact that I think this could be a good game is because it's in KC. So I think it'll be tougher for New England to win here. Remember, I think KC uh, actually wins this game anyway. So I'm glad it's on the road for New England. So I think it's a better game. These here's, Chiefs, here's, can I get in one one quick point, Scott? Um, in no. Brady's seven away playoff games, he's <laughs> he, he is three and four with eight touchdowns and eight interceptions. So he definitely is not the same quarterback on the road at home, even in the playoffs. Are you finished? Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. These teams uh, met in Foxborough during the regular season on October fourteenth, with New England winning forty-three to forty. Uh, Bill Belichick is 6-2 versus Andy Reid, uh, overall 2-0 in the playoffs. The Chiefs won their second playoff, just their second playoff game since 1994, and second under Andy Reid uh, in the divisional round. Reid has now lost four of six in the postseason uh, as a head coach of Kansas City. This is the Chiefs' first appearance in the AFC title game since January of 1994. Their last Super Bowl appearance was in 1970. Uh, Reed is 12 and 13 all time in the postseason. Now he's lost three of four. He has lost three of four conference championship games. The one time that he won the NFC championship game, he lost to Brady and Belichick uh, in uh, in in the Super Bowl uh, way back when he was coaching the Eagles, I believe, in 2005. Uh, how much of a coaching advantage uh, – how, how much do you think the coaching and experience advantage uh, at quarterback and head coach uh, plays in today, George? Well, we all know what Reed's bugaboo has been, clock management. Yeah, so I do wonder if that gets away from him again. We haven't seen that as being as big a headache at times this season, but his past – you know, how he's used a two-minute warning or his timeouts around that uh, time. He's had some issues there. So I wonder if that gets uh, you know, magnified in a game of this uh, 
of this magnification. And if uh, he, he'll make a mistake there. Overall, I mean, you talk of two extreme veteran coaches. I don't think, forget uh, Belichick and Brady will be fine. So you uh, would read Mahomes. I mean, I can see a mistake happening. I can. More uh, on Reed's, uh, because Reed's proved it in the past that he doesn't always have the greatest clock management issues here. Could Mahomes make a mistake? Sure. Uh, I don't, I, listen, I, I certainly hope the game doesn't come down to that. But if you were telling me which side am I going to bank on making a mistake, uh, I think Reed would be the one that I'd worry about that he'll call timeout at an inopportune time, but just won't use the clock correctly. You have an opinion, or do you want to make your prediction, or you have a, a question about today's game fantasy wise? The number to call is 844 843 6879. That's 844 843 6879. We mentioned the concerns about the weather uh, dissipating uh, with, with Mahomes, uh, not quite as explosive in the last few weeks. But uh, in, the, in the first meeting, uh, threw for 351 yards and four touchdowns, but he was also intercepted twice. Uh, New England very creative with their blitzes. Uh, you know what you see a lot on film is they'll bring a, they'll bring they'll bring a blitz where they uh, you know they put in an extra lineman or an extra defensive back, and uh, there will be no safety there, and they'll 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 have enough confidence in their, the rest of their defensive backs to defend the deep pass. But they still weren't able to get Mahomes. They they were able to move him off his spot a little bit. Uh, but he was not sacked in that first meeting. Uh, Bill Belichick is uh, the master of challenging young passers. Was able to uh, force him into two interceptions in that first game. Uh, I was watching uh, ESPN NFL matchup, and uh, you know they pointed out that outside the twenty, they wanted to contain Travis Kel- uh, Tyreek Hill, and inside the twenty, they were doubling, uh, they were doubling uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, did really work uh, as, as far as Tyreek Hill, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. But with Mahomes. Uh, I guess you know they can only hope to really contain him today. What kind of numbers do you see him putting up, Jim? Uh, will they have to keep him in the pocket, prevent him from being creative on the run? Will that give them more of a chance? Can they can can the New England pass rush get to him at all? Will the weather affect him? What are you expecting from Patrick Mahomes today, Jim? Well, the one thing we could take away from the first meeting in these two teams is that whenever New England tried to run. Uh, you know, a zone coverage, Mahomes picked them apart. And that's because, you know, when he extends the play as much as he does, moving around behind the pocket, and one of the great things about him is that while he's an excellent runner, he doesn't look to run. He's always trying to move to try and get that pass to go downfield. He's, he's always looking downfield. He's not looking to, you know, first sign of trouble, try and run the ball, which is a great thing. But because he does that, Trying to play zone against him makes it very tough. It's very hard to maintain his own integrity for that long. And that's where he chewed them up last week, last game, trying to come back with those big strikes. The 75-yarder to Tyreek Hill, the big play down the sideline to Travis Kelsey were all against zone. When they played tight man-to-man coverage and tried to move him around, that's when they forced him to make mistakes. So expect them to throw a lot of uh, man-to-man coverage at him once again. And, you know, this is going to be the game where we see if he can push past that and make the big plays. I, I think he will. I think this is a, this kid is going down as, you know, having one of the best seasons in the history of the game. I think he caps it with a Super Bowl. Uh, Tyreek Hill has, uh, has historic speed. And every team just can't seem to contain him. No defensive back seems to be that fast. Uh, in the first meeting uh, this year, seven passes for 142 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, last year against New England, seven catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. But to to Jim's point, uh, you they might have to play more man coverage on him today. Stephen Gilmore didn't see a lot of Hill in the first meeting. Uh, he's pro football focuses top cover corner of the 2018 season. It's going to be Hill versus Gilmore in a matchup to watch today. Uh, how do you think Hill comes out of it? What kind of numbers, uh, George? Well, there'll be there'll be a safety over the top or some kind of extra help for Gilmore. He's not going alone against Hill. If he does, he'll hit a big player too. They'll look for it. I think Hill's going to have a solid day, but I think Belichick's going to look to keep him. That'll, that'll be the guy Belichick keys on to make sure Hill doesn't destroy this game today. Six catches, 87 yards. Will he get in the end zone? Yes, he's going to run one in. All right, more coming up next. <laughs> 